Hi, it's Jake here. I wanted to start this episode by saying a couple of things. First of all, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone that's listened to the show and to all the people who've given me kind words of encouragement. I'm a visual artist with no training in radio or audio, learning as I go, so the support means so much to me. Secondly, if you listened right to the end of episode one, you would have heard a snippet of the episode that we had planned today. The episode features the story of a dear friend of mine who had to flee his home country and make his way to Australia by boat. Due to legal reasons concerning his visa application, we can't play that episode this month. It's an incredible story, so I hope I can share it with you in the future. I've spent the last few days madly trying to get episode 3 ready, and it's all finished. And with what's currently going on in Australia with regards to marriage equality, this episode's really relevant. Yeah, so many times, and so many times... I nearly did it. I nearly told him. And then I thought, no, I can't. I can't. Because, and this often often happens, I've heard it, around Christmas time. It happened to be around Christmas time. So I met Sam. Oh, no, we got together in the November. And I just remember thinking, I've got to tell him, OK, I can do it tonight. I can do it tonight. And then I thought, no, I can't. I have to wait till Christmas is over. I can't ruin Christmas. And then I can't, you know... It was New Year's Eve and I, yeah, I couldn't do it. And then I couldn't do it New Year's Day. And and then I thought, I can't go on like this. This has to stop. It, it's never going to be easy. Never, ever is this going to be a nice thing to do. So I've just got to do it. And then I told him on the 2nd of January. So that was it. I'm Jake Holmes and this is a place called a podcast about everything we call home. sat me down and told me they were breaking up. In the years before, I remember being one of only two kids in my whole class whose parents were still together. And I remember talking to mum about how her and dad would never break up because they loved each other so much. But life and love and sexuality are way more complicated than that. For today's episode, I sat down with my mum and talked about what it was like coming out at 37. The struggles of truly realising feelings she'd always had, of meeting the woman she'd fall in love with, and having to tell her husband and three kids. I also spoke with my younger sister and brother about how mum and dad breaking up was for them. And I spoke with my mum's girlfriend, Sam, about what it was like meeting my mum and how they got together. When I started working on this episode, I asked my dad if he wanted to talk and he said no. I can understand why. I think my mum coming out was harder for him than anyone else. But about halfway through putting this episode together, he decided he'd be happy to record. So you'll also hear from my dad. I totally didn't know what it was because I'd had feelings and thoughts and like things I used to do. And they were, like, it was at school. And looking back now, I can 
I can identify absolutely that this is, you know, I was attracted to, to women. And I can remember when I first told Sue, who you know I went to high school with, that I, years later, like when I was separating from your dad, and she said, oh my God, I totally get it. I can look back at when we were in school and I was about 14 and I used to follow this girl around. I used to follow her around and I'd say, Sue, come on, let's go and see where Jane is in the playground. And she'd go, well, why? I said, I don't know why, I just want to look at her. And we would do this every playtime, every playtime, every lunchtime. And we'd sit, we'd stand and we'd follow and stand from afar and, and look at Jane. <laughs> but when I was, so that was from about 14, 15, 16. I can also remember hearing the word lesbian and saying, going home to mum going, mum, what, what, what's a lesbian? What, what does it mean? And I didn't, even then didn't link it, that that's what I, my feelings were. Because it wasn't, like at that point, it wasn't like a sexual thing. It was just this, this feeling of, like I wanted to be around this, this girl. Years later, you know, in my, you know, mid to late 30s, um, I then, it made sense to me. I did think about those things. I thought, God, that's probably why that happened. And that's why I, you know, felt so good when I was with that person. You know, that, that was my, where I felt good. I felt I could talk with those people and it felt like a really nice place to be. And what I recognised was I was um, feeling feelings towards most of my close girlfriends and thinking oh whoa where's that coming from and say we'd gone out and had you know a couple of drinks or something those kind of feelings would get stronger I suppose as the inhibitions left and until I'd actually identified I, I'd always got these feelings for women, like, and they'd come out of nowhere. I, like, I, I always felt really close to my women friends and wanted to be with them and, and f kind of felt quite empty when, when I leave them. It's, it's a hard, I don't have it anymore. It, I, I, I really, since I have, you know, made my life as it is now and live my life with Sam, I, and I think it would be the same if I was single, but since becoming, coming out as a lesbian, I absolutely have never had that feeling again. This It was a loneliness. And I think that's the only thing I can think it could have been. It, it, it just got stronger and stronger and I went to see a counsellor because all I could think of was well how can I destroy this marriage you know this man that I love it's gonna you know ruin my kids ruin all our unit our lives the person my mum got in touch with was a woman named Truffy hello Jake it's lovely to be talking to you my name's Truffy McGuinness 
So the way I met your mum was through. She a was part of a project called Befriend. Befriend is an organisation that helps people who are newly identifying as same-sex attracted, or trying to make sense of their gender identity. Trophy's job at Befriend was to help people get in contact with volunteer support workers, who would help people on their journey. She would listen to their story and try and match them with someone with a similar experience. Oh yes, your mum's memorable. Like she's a remarkable woman, I think, Nancy. And I remember her coming in and. Uh, her energy in the room was palpable. And it wasn't a, an energy, it was an energy of I need to get this sorted because I've known it about myself for a while, but I, need, I now need to pay attention to it because it's getting more and more important for me to live as my authentic self. She put me in touch with women who volunteer and men who volunteer for people in this situation and that they've already been through it. And it's exactly that, that what, you know, she said, I'll find someone that's been through what you've been through, that's got a husband, got children. And you can ask her, you know, it'll be a place where you can go and talk to her. And I met up with her. I met up with her once a month for probably 18 months. Yeah. And we just talked about, you know, potentially, you know, what could happen, how, you know, would I ruin my kids' lives? How were her kids? How was her husband? Not that that would necessarily bear any, you know, have any bearing on what would happen for my family. But I wanted I wanted to know it was going to be okay, that they were going to be okay. I felt like this level of deceit. So I'd have this, it was like two lives. You know, I'd I'd go off and, you know, we'd, we might go on a hike in Bel Air Park and we'd talk and cry and laugh and, and then... I came home and, and was mum and wife and, you know, I'd cook the dinner and nobody would know what I'd done that day. So it, it was filled with so much stuff. I've talked with my mum in the past about those 18 months where none of us knew what was going on. She was going through a lot. Feelings of guilt that she was hiding things from her family. Feelings of sadness about what was to come. But also feelings of excitement about really discovering who she was also opened up for her about what she wanted to do with her life. So she became, she started to study her nursing and and was very excited about that. And I'll never forget, um, when I first met Nancy, she had very long hair. And one night she came to the group and it was all gone. And she said this, you know, this it felt very symbolic for her. Not that she wanted to be seen as a stereotypical lesbian at all, but that this was like a new start. So there was new growth for her and it represented a new way of presenting herself to the world. I'll never forget that because she walked in and everybody went, oh, Nancy, look at the hair or not. And, um, and she was really chuffed about that. I'll never forget it. Do you remember? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> this, is, this is funny. This is something I think about. Do you remember when I... Um, we were in the car and you were listening to Melissa, Melissa Etheridge and I said, <laughs> and I said, oh, mum, did you know she was a lesbian? What did I say? And you said, you were like, oh, no, I didn't know that. And you said, <laughs> this was when you were during that 18 months where you knew, but you didn't want to, <laughs> but you didn't want to, you pretended you didn't know because you thought I might, I don't know, work out that you're a lesbian because you know. <laughs> now yeah well I started finding out all these like you know lesbian singers and playing music and 
<laughs> but I remember you telling me years later, you were like, yeah, I pretended just like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so wrong because, irrespective of whether, I, you know, I knew I was a lesbian, I knew that I was going to leave Dad. I would have to break up that thing, and that was horrible. That that just didn't sit right. And I, and I often remind, you know, when I'm, you know, I tell people my story sometimes, and they do see a difference. They they will say, well, you were exploring your sexuality, or you know, this is not about you having an affair, but. I did all that behind Dad's back instead of talking to him first. Yeah. And that yeah. doesn't sit well. That doesn't feel nice. That, yeah, doesn't feel nice at all. I don't know if it would have been any different. Would he have just had 18 months of trauma? Like, it feeling horrible. And to know what I'm going through. And the end result would have been the same. I met Sam at work and I thought, I think she's a lesbian and I needed someone to talk to. So it was the April of that year that I'd came out to a couple of friends like where I thought, actually, this is really who I am. So I'd come out to my closest friends, but that was it. And it was just after... September 11 and George Bush was ranting on the TV about something and I was in the kitchen at work and that's and and I walked past the TV and Nance and went oh, it's just a dick waving exercise and I actually went up to her and and asked her I just I made sure she was on her own and I just said Sam can I ask you something? And she just looked at me and I said, I just wondered um, if if you're a lesbian. And she, she just looked at me in absolute horror and just said, why, who wants to know? It was horrible, like, it was like, why does she want to know for? And I think that was my exact words. It was like, well, what do you want to know for? Like, it's the first time anyone had, sort of asked me that. And I just said, and I touched her arm and I just said, it's okay, it's okay. I just want to know, I am, and I just need someone to talk to. And then she physically like, just like, oh, this sense of relief. And we did arrange a time. It was a, it was a couple of weeks later, we couldn't find a time. But what I rec what I found out later was that she had only just identified as uh, she'd only just come out probably a month before. She'd only just told her two of her closest friends, and she'd been on a very similar journey, coming out later in life, in her late twenties, and she was horrified, like horrified that I'd asked her, and she felt like she'd got you know lesbian tattooed on her forehead. It was six weeks between me meeting Sam 
like talking to her between the, okay from that night we had the night out and after that it was six weeks I thought I can't I can't do this to anybody any of us this isn't okay for dad it's not okay for Sam it's not okay for me it, well I was having an affair at that point and that was that's not okay and both Sam and I say we if we could have done that we wish we'd done it differently. We'd hurt someone in a way that you shouldn't. Um, you know, he didn't deserve that. You know, I can sit in work and listen to everyone around the coffee table talking about, you know, somebody who went off and had an affair or they did that and they and and I think I'm that person. And I often actually say, I, I did that and it isn't nice. And, you know, I, I will, you know, I don't, I don't try and, and I think that's the thing that I, that has come out of this, I will not hide things now. There's no, I don't have any secrets. And that was the, that is the most, most amazing thing because I felt so horrible during that time. The whole, the whole 18 months of it, but that six weeks until I told Dad was the worst. The worst, I've never felt like that in my life. It was horrible. Even going through the separation afterwards, and it was never as horrible as I felt in that six weeks. Like we, and I don't know if it's the reason, it wasn't a conscious thing, but we have never celebrated an anniversary because it's tied up with someone else's pain. I went to pick up the car from her work and the car wasn't there, I couldn't find the car anywhere. So I went into the work and found her and said, oh, where's the car, I can't find it. She said, oh, it's at a friend's. I said, okay. I think a couple of days afterwards, that being sort of, you know, I said, oh, why, why is the car at her friend's? I don't, what were you doing? Because she didn't really explain. I can remember you were all in the back room watching TV and we went into the front room and I, I think I just said, John, I've got something to tell you. And then she came out with it. She just said, well, she says, I need to tell you something. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> And I just told him. I just said I'm, I'm a lesbian, lesbian I've, and I've met someone. I don't know. You don't, you don't register that, really. And he just threw the phone down on the floor. and um, I didn't know what to do. Th- I, then we just both cried. And I think I... I think I went for a really long walk along Brighton Beach in the middle of the bloody night. Because it was just... What, what do you do? There's nowhere to go with that. Um, I sat on the end of the pier for a while, I think. Just That was it. I, I didn't, uh, couldn't really uh, say very much more. Very, I don't know, I can't really remember. <laughs> um, Dad, it was horrible. It was just horrible. And we sat with that, Dad and I, for a few weeks, I think, until we told you guys. And I suppose that time that first few months was very strange
I thought that what I'd ruined was this safe haven that we had, our family unit, which it, it did, you know, you can't have everything. And, but I, I knew you'd be, I thought you'll be accepting. You know, we, we had quite a diverse um, family, extended family. So me being a lesbian wasn't going to, that wasn't going, that wasn't the issue. That didn't even enter my head that that was an issue. It was about, your, you know, your mum and dad not being together anymore and us all on, under one roof. That was the thing that upset that upset me and I thought was going to have the biggest impact and I think I still to this day think that that's the you know the, 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 that that was the biggest impact not long before I can always remember this as well it was really not long before it was maybe the November it was the November because it was Beth's birthday and we were bowling and I'd just met Sam the week before and you said to me you and dad will never split up you're so happy together. I look at the kids in my class and there's only you and dad and another family that are still together of all my friends and everyone else is divorced. Oh my God, that felt so horrible. Because, you know, that was the thing I knew then. I'm gonna try and make this work for Sam and I. And it felt like a knife. It was horrible. I thought, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do to these kids? Yeah, horrible. How was um? How was telling like telling us like how did oh, you, how did you find that? That was I think that's one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Fuck. Yeah. Um, because. You know, it was something I really didn't want to ever have to do. Um, so yeah, that was that was tough. And not knowing how you'd all react, and um, and trying to support you and stuff, and not hurt you, and oh yeah, that's hard. Hmm. That was that was the hardest bit, I think. Well, it was pretty hard when your mum told me first of all, but that was yeah. Because yeah, I had this real underlying thing in mind in that I'd never wanted us all to break up as a family. That was really important to me. It was funny I was because during all that, and my dad phoned me up after Nancy had left and you know and we had we were talking about I was talking about that saying that you know I didn't really want to split the family up and, you know because of you know him and mum splitting up my mum and dad and he said really? he said did it affect you that much? I said well of course it did so, you know, I remember lying away, you know, lying in bed crying because of, you weren't around. And, and he, 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 was, he just sort of went, oh, I never really quite realised. Which is quite, so we had quite a conversation then, which is a bit weird. Yeah.
I was 13 when my parents told me they were breaking up. It was the summer holidays between primary school and high school. I was sitting in front of the TV in this huge denim beanbag in the lounge room with the rough stripy carpet. My parents were putting my younger sister and brother to bed, and I was staying up watching the Grammys, waiting for Linkin Park to play. So yeah, it was the early 2000s. I remember both my parents coming into the room and one of them turning off the TV and saying they needed to talk just like in all those late 90s movies where the parents tell their kids they're going to break up. We all sat together on the couch, and I don't remember a whole lot, except for my mum saying that she'd fallen in love with someone else, and then telling me that that person was a woman. Aside from that, the only other strong memory I have of that night was mum driving me to the petrol station to buy me a Snickers, and wondering what dad was up to in that short period while we were out driving. I'm the eldest of three kids. My sister Beth was nine when my parents broke up, and my brother Zach was only six. Being that bit younger, they don't remember a lot from when our parents told us they were breaking up. Oh, no, really. I just, I have this image of being like in the bed, sitting on the bed in the middle of them and them like telling me. But I don't like, I don't actually remember them telling me. It's just like a, a thing. I don't think they told me she was a lesbian. I spoke to my mum. They definitely did. Or I missed it or I didn't know what the word meant. Maybe they did. Because I recall, I feel like you spoke about it. And I feel like I remember hearing about it and then being like, oh, okay. Maybe feeling like I had to act like I knew. But I feel like they didn't tell me that part. I feel like they just told me they were separating. They definitely did. I swear I didn't know. At the time, they told me. Did they tell you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she didn't tell me she was a lesbian. She did. And they didn't mention anybody else on the scene. And so I feel like it was just that they were splitting up. Well, yeah, it's all a bit blurry from when I was younger. I just remember when mom told me one day that her and dad were splitting up and that she was in love with another woman. And I wasn't angry and I wasn't like upset, but I just, I didn't quite understand even at that point. That's how young I was maybe. Yeah. When she told me, I guess, yeah, I didn't really know how to react. When my parents first told me, of course I was incredibly sad. My parents were really happy together. We were a really close family. They never really fought. They adored each other. And this was all coming to an end. I've always said the fact my mum came out as a lesbian made the breakup easier for me to deal with. She wasn't just replacing dad with someone else. She was realising her sexuality and realising who she was. My brother put this really well. It's neither of their fault. It all comes from, like, there was an era when you weren't allowed to explore your sexuality or it was looked down on or your parents would tell you you need to marry a man. Or... So yeah. mum never got to explore that, of course. Like, my mum... Never got to explore it when she was younger. The hardest thing about my parents' breakup was seeing my dad so sad, but he did an amazing job at staying happy and positive when we were around. My mum moved out into a house only a couple of suburbs away, and we spent the first couple of years living half a week at each parent's house. I know both my parents found this time without us really hard, but it was particularly hard for my dad, who had no one around at the house. My dad has always loved vinyl records, we grew up listening to David Bowie, Dr. John, the Buzzcocks. My dad has an amazing taste in music. 
I remember when we would pull up in the car with my mum out the front of Dad's house, the house that we'd all lived in together. I would listen out to hear if Dad was blasting records, and if he was, I would always know he was in a good place, and it would fill me with a warm, happy feeling. He would swing open the door and stand on the front step beaming at us as we walked up the steep front garden. I'd run up, and he would throw his arms around me, the man who sold the world ringing in my ears. Yes, I did blast a lot of records during that period, I think. (laughs) The neighbours must have loved me. (laughs) Although I felt sad about my parents breaking up, I also felt really excited about this huge change in my life, and that my mum was a lesbian. It was like finding out your mum's been Batman all along, and she really was like a superhero. She was 37 and dealing with the repercussions of coming out, living in a new house, managing a long-distance relationship, being a single parent part-time, working full-time, and studying full-time too. She decided she wanted to switch careers, from being a chef to becoming a nurse, and she did it all with a smile on her face. Yeah, I, I just remember, I felt super proud. <laughs> I did, I... Just silly because it's not, yeah, but... Nah, I remember feeling like, you know, proud to have a gay mum and be like, yeah. Do you remember that guy you met that said something about where do you live? And you said, oh, Suffolk Road. Do you remember that? <laughs> and then... What was it he said? He, he said, oh, do you know there's lesbians that live on Suffolk Road? <laughs> and you went, yeah, that's my mum. <laughs> I remember that. It's 2017. And in Australia, my mum and Sam, who've been in a loving relationship for 16 years, still can't get married. In fact, there's going to be a national vote to decide whether they can marry or not. Yeah, that's right. Other people are going to have the right to decide if they can marry each other. An argument I hear often from opponents of same-sex relationships is that it will be detrimental to kids. This argument's always infuriated me, because I'm one of those kids, and my mum coming out enriched my life. It taught me a lot about dealing with tough situations and being honest to yourself. It brought Sam into my life, who did an incredible job at 29 suddenly being a step-parent to three kids. I learnt from my dad that hard times get better. He really struggled, but a few years after the breakup, he met his new partner at my mum and Sam's joint birthday, and they've been together ever since. Sorry for the Hollywood ending, but it all turned out really well. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of A Place Called. Big thanks to my mum, to Sam, to my dad, and to Beth and Zach, my sister and brother, for opening up, sharing your feelings on this time, and letting me get in your face with a microphone. Big thank you to my good friend Katie McMullen, who wrote and performed the piano music in this episode. And thanks to Cassie and Wayne for organising and setting up the recording at the Capri Theatre in Goodwood. If you want to get in touch or see what's going on with the show, our website is aplacecalled.com. I put up photos to go along with each episode, so you can check those out too. If you want to give me some feedback or get in touch with a story idea, send an email to aplacecalledpodcast at gmail.com. I'm still looking for stories for future episodes, so I'd love to hear from you. I'm still working on an episode about share housing, 
which will actually be the next episode of the podcast. If you have a short sharehouse story, funny, strange, annoying, sad, sweet, or just fascinating, send me an email and we can arrange to chat. Again, thank you so much for your support. It'd be really good if you could leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. A Place Called is independently produced by me, Jake Holmes, in Adelaide, South Australia. Next month on A Place Called. We thought, no, you can't do this. Uh, We can't let you do this. We're your friends. Let us beat you up. Of course. I was, you know, super supportive and excited for them. I was also quietly disappointed (laughs) that my opportunity had slipped away. Never mind. Anyway. He also brought a whole cow's carcass home one day, some roadkill he'd found, with the intention of, like, cleaning all the bones and spray-painting them gold for an art project. He did it to the head and then just left the rest of the carcass in our backyard to rot. They both... didn't know how to sort of resolve the situation and um, both of their teams fought each other in the like World of Warcraft arena like not for obviously for Sky but like it's pretty funny to think like metaphorically it kind of was for her